We continue the discussion about Mason's strategy for growing high-tech businesses and jobs with Chris Cole, CEO of Intelligrated, and Mike Venerable, Manager, Managing Director at Cincy Tech USA. And you can join the discussion at 513-419-7100. Email us, talk at wvxu.org, or join us on Facebook or Twitter. And thanks for joining us, gentlemen. Uh, Chris, tell me about Intelligrated. What is that about? Well, Intelligrated is a uh, almost 12-year-old company uh, that builds highly automated um, distribution systems, mostly for internet retailers and uh, store retailers and some manufacturing food and beverage. Uh, We started actually in Blue Ash in a temporary building that uh, was going to be torn down and has been torn down, but a new building has been built there in its place. Uh, we, we looked around and decided on locating the company in Mason and uh, we uh, moved in there about um, almost 11 years ago and have grown ever since. And that, there's a really great story about your, your company, Start. Uh, you literally started in the basement of your house, if I understand correctly? Well, 12 years ago, we were a fax machine in my basement and actually um, in Mason, there's a, a, a golf course and Jim McCarthy, who's my partner, Jim and I would meet in the uh, golf lounge there uh, because during the week we could uh, work there in peace and not have to pay rent. <laughs> and um, we also smoked cigars, which you could still do at that point inside. And we wrote a business plan and um, it was actually 12 years ago about now that we got that plan, um, we, we got our funding partners arranged. We didn't actually have it locked down, but uh, we shook hands on a deal. And um, we went from that fax machine to incorporating the company, again, originally at my house, um, to um, by the end of 2001, which 9-11 happened, uh, we had broke ground on our headquarters building and engineering building in um, Mason. How big has Intelligrated become in just this short amount of time? Well, in the trailing 12 months, we're between 550 and 600 million, um, which is now uh, over 2,300 people. Uh, when we opened our doors on September 4th, I think we were 15 or 16 people, September 4th, 2001. So uh, we during the first year, which was a very concentrated year of R&D, uh, we didn't have a lot of sales because we didn't have anything to sell. We developed all the software controls and a new product line, built and equipped a factory and trained a workforce and um, started selling the product really in the fourth quarter of 2002. And uh, we've been very fortunate to find some very, very good customers who have liked what we're selling and the companies continue to grow. And as far as picking Mason for your corporate headquarters, what what were some of the factors that went into that decision? Well, Jim and I looked. um, We were both living in Cincinnati. Neither one of us is from Cincinnati. I married a Cincinnati girl and came to work here for uh, Millicron, um, gosh, more than 35 years ago. I hate to admit that it's that long. Jim McCarthy came here to work at another uh, conveyor company that I was part of. And um, but since we're both here, there's a lot of uh, engineering in the area. There's a lot of tech um, help available in the area. And we were looking around for a location for the company uh, where our engineers could commute uh, and have a great place to live. Uh, I like the fact that Mason not only has the suburban uh, communities like Loveland and Mason or Blue Ash, but we have a lot of young engineers who want a more urban environment like the banks or downtown or other parts of the city. 
uh, or some people want to live more rurally, and we have employees who live out in Morrow, and uh, it's a more of a rural lifestyle. So you can have it all by locating in Mason because it's easy to get to from everywhere. Mike, tell us about Cincy Tech. Uh, what, what's it about? What's its role with the uh, Mason Tech Center and the, the progress they've made there? Sure. Cincy Tech is a uh, public-private partnership that is uh, was really started in about 2006. It's supported by and founded by uh, the University of Cincinnati Children's Hospital, the Chamber Partnership, and we get support from a lot of different private investors across the community. And our role is to fund and uh, mentor uh, early-stage tech companies, much like uh, when Chris was back in his garage or his basement with his fax machine. We would have loved to have found him <laughs> back then. We've made about 40, uh, over 40 investments since 07. So uh, those companies have gone on to raise about $200 million in additional capital. And our role really in all the communities uh, from – in all the six counties in southwestern Ohio we work in is to find uh, ways to work with the local government and economic development people to find help for those early stage companies. So Mason has been – uh, very helpful and in in actually instrumental in a couple of cases. Uh, the Tech Center is a great example. The work they've done with a company called Assurex, which has offices both in the Mason Community Center and in the municipal building. All great examples. Was I would tell you that uh, our experience with the Mason Development uh, Department is absolutely outstanding. Um, you know, I, I can be very critical of government and, and I'm in favor of private uh, enterprise but uh, Mason has really been proactive in helping us grow the company. Uh, they've not been bureaucratic in any way, and actually they've they've consistently reached out to us. What can we do to make it easier for you to attract more employees? Really, um, kudos to that uh, group of people. Well, that brings up the question, uh, how important are public-private partnerships in this type of effort? Well, I can tell you that they're – Critically important, the state of Ohio provides about half of our funding through the third frontier, so that piece is extremely important. The second piece is in the actual communities themselves. There was a point in time where Assurex, for example, which is a diagnostics company in Mason that we've invested in and has attracted uh, you know, world-class venture capital from uh, the West Coast, that we needed to rapidly expand our lab capability. Now, we could have wandered the earth trying to do that or looked around Mason at traditional real estate opportunities, but it would have taken more time. The city stepped up and offered space literally in the basement of the municipal building. So underneath council chambers, underneath the police department is a high-throughput DNA lab with a, an incredible amount of capacity. That kept all of our employees together in the same campus. They could walk back and forth between the two locations. And it saved the company un- untold amounts of time. Uh, the commitment the community has made is incredible, as Chris has said. I, I would tell you that um, you know we we've grown a company uh, very rapidly, and we've done it here in Southwest Ohio because of the support, not only from Mason but from the state of Ohio, and actually Butler County. We have a facility in uh, Westchester, and Butler County's been proactive there as well. But uh, of all the organizations we've worked with, Mason has really been the most uh, aggressive at trying to get us to help help us grow. And so you see great value in the public-private partnerships. I do. One, one of the things they do for us uh, also, we talk about the Tech Center. And your interview had uh, both Phil Ogilvie and uh, Sue Oswald at Connexus and uh, Cloud Takeoff on it. Those are two companies. When we fund a company, we really can't go into a long-term lease and have the founders make personal guarantees and all that. So the ability to have a flexible relationship with a, with a landlord 
is very helpful for us. So those those are sort of turnkey opportunities for us. We can move a company in, start to grow it, and when it outgrows that space, it can just roll over into another space. What was establishing the tech center a turning point for Mason? Um, well, they were they were doing a lot before, but it was pretty much we would find real estate or find office space, you know, wherever we could find it. I think you know they, the, that establishes a place where we know what the pyramid is, where you can start small, get a little bit bigger, and then eventually you're going to want to get independent, like uh, Chris and Intelligrate have done recently. And of course, that ties into some of the things that Centrifuge is doing downtown now. Yeah, you know, one of the best comparisons I think I've heard is this is like gardening, isn't it? You you, you plant a seed. You water it, and then you watch it grow. Is it a good analogy, bad analogy? <laughs> yeah, and then you have to repot it. That's why you have to keep right. moving it. Yeah. I think Mason describes their setup as an accelerator uh, versus an incubator situation where you're, you're just starting out. I think Mason d- d- describes this as an accelerator process that they're using. And that would mean that they're looking for people to come in and help mentor the companies, things that, uh, and also to find mentors in the community. I mean, what better mentor for an early stage entrepreneur than have somebody like Chris stop by and give him some feedback, some advice on what he went through and how he scaled his business? But frankly, Mason's been great for us because a lot of our suppliers are are local. We do quite a lot of business in Ohio with people who supply us with things and even um, the people that do our videos and marketing. A lot of that support has come from Mason companies. Well, I was going to ask, Chris, uh, our, our, the, the fact that Mason is going after these high-tech companies, does that have a direct or indirect benefit for Intelligrated? I, I think it is an indirect benefit. You know, you, you always uh, worry when some big software company moves in, are they going to go after your employees? But I think uh, if you look beyond that, uh, what I've seen is it, we, we become a more attractive place for high-end technical people to want to locate and that's good for everybody. It's kind of like, and I don't understand the logic of this. Somebody else will have to tell you. But most of the time when you see a drugstore, you see their competitor across the street or across the corner. And and having a community like Mason where a lot of technology companies congregate brings more high-tech people in. And um, I, I view it as a positive for us. In terms of, of Mason seeing such growth, it's been pretty dynamic over the last 10 years. Is it getting to the point where, where people are worried about congestion and traffic because of all this, or is everything just sort of working its way in smoothly? I think you know, the city – one of the reasons that – I mean I, I grew up in Butler County and I moved away and spent most of my adult life in the traffic of Washington, D.C. Uh, I've never been in a traffic jam in Cincinnati to be honest with you. Even the bad ones aren't that bad. But – Clearly, you know, you have to you have to balance your growth. And I think they've done a pretty good job of that. I think the new not only for Mason but for other areas around Fields Hurdle, the new exchange there is gonna open up a lot of development, a lot of people that want to locate in that area simply because that's been such a bottleneck. So that's two years away, I think, from being solved. And does the city still have room to grow? Is there is there land available for, for new or expanding businesses? In your case, I think the answer would be yes. In in our case, the city went out of their way to make sure that the property next door to us uh, was available to us to grow because they knew we were bringing more engineering jobs in. And um, I think there is still room in Mason to grow. Uh, I also think there's other communities in the area that will benefit as well from the growth at Mason. It's We're all part of a big region. Uh, I'd love to see more infrastructure spending on, on uh, transportation. Um, and and yes, we're growing faster than the roads have been able to keep up, but Mason's overall 
done a better job than I think almost anywhere else in uh, staying ahead of it. And Chris, you started to touch on something uh, there. There, There is a broader benefit, and we'll direct this to Mike first. There is a broader benefit for all the Cincinnati area from efforts being made in, in Mason, isn't there? Well, there's, there's a benefit up and down the up and down the 71 corridor that we see where most of our companies are located. So I can literally leave my my house in Mason in the morning and visit people, not just in Mason, but in Montgomery and Kenwood, Rookwood and all the way downtown. So we see the connectedness growing. And I, and I think the great thing is with all the great things happening downtown, I can tell because I spend a lot of time downtown, I can tell people in Mason, hey, you need to go check out what's happening at the banks, what's happening in OTR. We have a great new vibrant downtown that's happened really since I moved here in 06. So. And, and don't forget, it's a, it's a great benefit to all of us to have the University of Cincinnati, to have Cincinnati State, to have Northern Kentucky University and Miami, um, not to even mention Ohio State, all nearby where we're getting a lot of kids coming through those programs into our company. And I think that, that we help each other a great deal. So overall, the strategy that Mason has been using, is it's been effective, hasn't it? I believe the uh, the numbers that were in the story were $140 million in new investment, uh, 1,400 new jobs just over the last 18 months. Uh, that, that sounds pretty pretty good. It's pretty astounding, actually. The number of jobs, I was sort of tallying those up with Michelle Blair from Mason uh, about three months ago. And it was just stunning to me, having moved there six years ago, to see that kind of job growth in one community is pretty impressive. I think it's a good example for other people to look at. Chris, you mentioned transportation. Uh, would it be a huge benefit for your employees to have solid public transport from, say, downtown or from northern Kentucky to Mason? Well, I, I really don't think so. Uh, I, I wish – I'm a railroad buff myself and I wish the era of trains were still here and I wish that all had been built in the 30s uh, when we started the subway here in Cincinnati. But I think that time has passed um, and I think – uh, while more public transportation from uh, key areas would be helpful, it's a little bit of a pipe dream to think that you're going to get good enough uh, public transit delivered to every single business in an area in the suburbs like Cincinnati, uh, like Mason. Yeah, I lived for a long time where there was great public transit in D.C. and the Northern Virginia area, and still, you know, you, you need massive amounts of population to support that. Our tra- our transportation elephant in the room is the airport. Yes, it is. So, Mike, what is the future of technology growth in Cincinnati? It's a completely different place than when than what it was seven years ago. It's amazing to me the amount of deal flow, the uh, the competition for talent. Which you know, while it's a pain for me and for Chris, it's a great thing for the community to have that kind of talent competition. We're in a different place. There, the brandery, uh, what we've done, other investment organizations like QCA. There's more money flowing into startups. Those startups, the quality of the deals we see, the people that are interested, experienced executives interested in coming in and working with startups. It's just, uh, it's a pretty vibrant and interesting place, and we're starting to see the benefit. Here, you see the benefit of somebody who's been at it for 11 years. That's what we're trying to build. And and frankly, uh, Cincinnati still has a very reasonable cost of living. It's still a great place to raise a family. And it's a very attractive location for a lot of um, uh, family people who graduated from college or in technology industries. And maybe they could make a little bit higher salary in San Francisco or Austin, Texas. 
but the package of total lifestyle here is very, very good, no matter what lifestyle you're looking for. And I think that that bodes very well for the future of technology. We have some great engineering uh, schools here, and we have an attractive location with a lot of things that a lot of other cities don't have. Uh, not only do we have a baseball team where you can uh, see a no-hit uh, game, but we have some of the best arts uh, facilities in town with a great symphony, a great opera, a great ballet, great uh, art museum. And um, Cincinnati, I'm just proud to be part of it, and I'm not native. And I came back. I mean, I, I could live a completely different life somewhere else. I could have started another company in D.C. I could have stayed there, but I could not have the kind of life I have here where I'm five minutes away from a swim meet or a lacrosse practice or anything else. And I'm only 20 minutes from all these great downtown amenities. Mike, uh, w- which would be more correct, to say that Cincinnati is a technology hub or that we are becoming a technology hub? Are we still a work in progress? I think we were a hidden technology hub. We had all this great talent, world-class talent brought here by the iconic companies and also being built by you know some of the smaller entrepreneurial companies. And now it's been uncovered. And now suddenly it's interesting and people who used to work in big buildings are thinking, hey, I might want to try something else. I could try a small company and start something on my own. What do you think, Chris? Uh, I, I think we are a technology hub, but I think we're emerging more on the national uh, scale. There's been great engineering for well over 100 years in this town. Uh, Cincinnati was still best known around the world for the machine tool industry, which bought great um, uh, mechanical engineering and hydraulic engineering. Uh, we're not as well known yet on the electrical and software side, but I think some of the things that are going on in both big and small companies here uh, put us up with the very best uh, software companies in the world. Thanks for joining me. Chris Cole, CEO of Intelligrated. Mike Venerable is with CincyTech USA. Thanks for listening to Cincinnati Edition on 91.7 WVXU. Archives of our programs are available on our website, wvxu.org. The producer for today's program is Pete Reitmeyer. The technical director is Rick Andrus. I'm Mark Haney.